Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. I am the one and only Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to me. Yay! Today is February 21st, 2022, President's Day, Monday, and it's 12.10 in the noon hour, and it is a lovely, sunny, beautiful Central Florida day in the Sunshine State. (sighs) What am I talking about today? First of all, restless leg syndrome continues to be a bizarre challenge, and um, not really much to report in the area of restless legs except for that. Magnesium L3 innate high doses seems to work pretty consistently. You are listening to The Dave Fremlin Show. Wanted to share with anyone who's interested out there. Um, it takes a so, super uh, duper long time yeah. to boot it up. Um, and so... I, anyways, and now tonight I'm gonna not give you some information. Yay! A doctor, um, which I forgot what it is. Right. You are listening to the Dave Fremlin Show. Yay! I guess we'll see what happens, right? Onward and upward to the next topic. Liz Frank fracture. You know, I have a Liz Frank fracture on my foot, and a Liz Frank fracture is when the bones, there's, I think, four cubanoid bones, and then there's four or five metatarsal bones, and where they connect, the middle, basically, second toe, is called the Liz Frank joint, and it's called the Liz Frank joint because if you picture a person's foot in a stirrup of a horse, riding a horse in a stirrup, and if you fell off which way your foot would bend, that's when those bones dislocate and break. It's called the Liz Frank joint because of General Liz Frank who fell off his horse and broke his foot. Um, It is considered a life-changing injury. I did not understand that until very recently. I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. It's already over. It's been injured. It's been repaired. And accidents happen. There's There's no reversing, you know, of time. But unfortunately, a Liz Frank fracture is a rather serious injury, and it has impeded my ability to do basic things that I really love doing, like walking and dancing and things like that without being in agonizing, burning, pin-like pain. And there's multiple types of pain that occur at different times. It's very unpredictable. There's a stabbing, sort of a like spiky pain that goes through the top of my foot sometimes. And then there's more of a like achy, kind of a tin-like toe pain in my big toe occasionally. And then there's often a like feeling of a lot of little pins going in and out, like just like little needles. And that can be hot or cold feeling. And um, just basic uh, squeezy feelings and pressure points that are abnormal. And it can be rather painful and it's causing me to gain weight and gaining weight puts more weight on the foot, more weight on the foot causes more pressure and so the story goes. And so I'm trying to not let it ruin my life and I have always found support groups helpful. I went online and I found a blog called My Liz Frank Fracture Three Years Later 
And uh, if you're suffering from a Liz Frank fracture, I highly suggest looking into such things because I went on the blog and I found, oh, three or four pages of people who wrote in, uh, oh, I had a Liz Frank fracture three years ago and this is what's happening to me now and this is what I went through and oh, my husband had a Liz Frank fracture 25 years ago and that, and it has various people reporting on their injury in various lengths of time and what they went through and some have had multiple surgeries over time. Some have you know recovered really well and some are in places in between. And so I consider myself somewhere in the Oh, as far as agony goes, I consider myself near the lower part of the scale as far as being perfectly healed. Uh, I'm still close to, you know, if the scale is from zero to 100 and 100 is the most horrible healing in the world, like a terrible surgery, never got it fixed, and a zero is like never had a broken foot in the first place, I put mine, and so the scale is zero to 100, you are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show on Podbean. I put mine at around between 20 and 30 somewhere. So it's really on the scale of horror, it's on the low part. You know, on the scale of horrible things to have to deal with, it's low. Now, my restless legs on a scale of 1 to 100. I put it near 80, you know, 80 or between 70 and 80. I'm sure it could get worse, but I don't want it to. Um, so that's where that stands. And you know what? Health problems aside and mental health issues aside, here's the, here's the basic rule that I live under. You want to know? On planet Earth, there is no, first of all, nobody ever said, hey, I want to be born. We were all born some of us by accident, some of us on purpose, but none of us individually chose to be born. It was our parents who made a decision, good or bad or indifferent, you know, or maybe they didn't make a decision. But whatever, it was not our individual decisions to be born. So we were here not through circumstances of our own creation. And so, therefore, just from the very beginning, you already are faced with the, something that you did not choose, that you have to deal with it. And we did not choose who our parents were. And we did not choose our siblings or the home we grew up in. Or pretty much up until, you know, the teen and, and early teen years, I think very few choices made by us as individuals. And although, um, and where was I going with that? I was saying because on earth, we were not faced with choice from the very beginning we were not faced with comfort we were not faced with guarantees of survival we were not guaranteed happiness food comfort of any kind on planet earth on planet earth you arrive here through no choice of your own you arrive through painful experience and you are left here to to survive until you are old enough to uh to make decisions on your own to survive whatever circumstances you're placed under and then it is up to you to make to then make good decisions and hopefully keep surviving and keep 
seeking happiness. But there's no guarantees of comfort, of success, of, of anything. And you know what? We're being shown that very, very clearly if we take a look up north to the great white north in Canada. I mean, there's people that thought they had the right to protest. They thought they had the right to freedom of speech. They thought they had the right to bodily autonomy. And what they're finding out is their bank accounts are being taken away from them. Boom, you are depersoned. You are now impoverished. You have nothing. Boom. And you, and the moment that you did the thing, it was legal. Then they declared you retroactively breaking the law, a terrorist. And now you lose everything and everybody who associated with you loses everything and everybody associated with the people associated with you lose everything. We are being shown very, very clearly the guarantees of earth. Okay. Now, so why did I mention all this? Because it relates to, it started out in a completely different area. But what I'm going to, where I'm going to go with it is I'm going to go with it that there is one thing. This is what my grandmother used to say to me. She said, you know, everything you earn, everything you have in life, can everything can be taken away from you. It's all physical. It can all be taken away from you. But what cannot be taken away from you is what's inside between your ears. Okay? Between your ears, behind your eyes, behind your sinuses, that thing called your brain. And I'm sure that it can be taken away also. I'm sure it can be, be manipulated and destroyed in many ways. But all you really have is you and your connection to God or to, I will, for me, I, I'm not even going to pretend. You know, I used to say this thing like, well, if you don't believe in God, then whatever it is you believe in, screw that. If you don't believe in God, I feel sorry for you. There is a God. I'm Dave Fremland, and you are listening to the one and only Dave Fremland Show. And God is a single God that created everything. And whether you believe it or not, it does not make it not real. And I am no longer going to make excuses for people that don't believe in God. I mean, I go to I go to AA meetings, I go to CMA meetings, I go to twelve step meetings, and people always are like, have this issue with God. I had a good time in the meeting until I got to the part about God. I heard the name God. I got mad at God. God, God, God. You know what? And then so they say higher power. Or they say, well, I use the doorknob as my higher power. Or I use the room as my higher power. The room is not your higher power. It, if, you're, if you're on drugs, okay, don't get me wrong. If you're on drugs and you need to get help and you need a higher power, let me tell you something. Everything that isn't you is a higher power. Drugs are a higher power than you. If you're, if you're addicted to drugs, you can't get off drugs. Drugs are controlling you. Drugs are your higher power. So you need to shift. If drugs can be your higher power, God can be your higher power. It doesn't have to be a doorknob or a room. Okay? But a room and a doorknob are not going to get you clean. They are not going to save your soul. And they are not going to protect you from harm and keep you alive and give you life. Okay? That is just not going to happen. So I'm not going to anymore make disclaimers when I say, oh, you know, my belief in God. I believe in God the way that God actually is. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, like, I don't really care. If you don't believe in God, I care. But you are not going to be somebody that I am going to, you know, I respect people's right to believe whatever they want. Okay, that's fine. But if you don't believe in God, I really have 
like a thing. There's something is wrong with you. It's the same with when I meet people that are have they talk bad about their parents. You know, like I have problems with my parents. Everybody has issues with their parents, but you must respect the parent. You know what I mean? Like people that I don't mean. Okay, I bitch about my parents too, but for somebody who is like disrespectful to their parent. I have a major issue with it. And I, of course, am guilty as well. And I have a lot of shame around the times that I've been disrespectful. But hopefully that that causes shame. I'm not saying people can't get angry at their parents and fly off the handle and be disrespectful in the moment. But if you're not feeling shame about it, if you're not feeling guilt about it, if you're not feeling bad about it, then there's something is seriously wrong with you. Okay? So I know it sounds judgmental, but... I mean, I get to choose who's in my world and I get to choose. I don't get to choose who listens to my podcast, but I get to choose who's in my world. If you're going to be in my world, it's going to be difficult for me to be have any respect for you if you're like not going to believe in God. Okay, anyways, enough about that. So why did I mention all this stuff? Because Earth is a harsh place and the reality of Earth is pain. It is, it is struggle, and the only thing that you get to know is yours. You don't get to keep your Bitcoin when the government figures out a way to close the, the internet. If Bitcoin, if Bitcoin is exchanged through an electronic means, and that requires an internet server to be on, then even if you have a digital wallet, you still require a service to be on. You know, I, I, people are failing to see this. So it, if it's electronic, it still requires electricity. And I'm telling you, the way things are headed, if they arrest all the truckers, let me tell you how this works. They arrest all the truckers. They close all their bank accounts. These people stop working. They stop paying their bills. They become homeless people. That makes a chain reaction because now they're not delivering goods to the stores. That's causing problems in the chain. Okay, and then what happens when the chain breaks? Everything breaks. And you know what we're going to end up with? You're going to need food, medicine, um, water. You're going to need a source of heat, energy, cover, shelter. Okay, what money, money is not going to look like a dollar bill or an electronical current. It's going to look like a can of soup. When nobody can get anything and you're like struggling to brush your teeth with clean water, then money looks like a bag of water. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you understand? Like when things completely collapse, what the what is the most important thing for you? That's what money will look like. Money will look like the thing that you don't have that is important to you. The Dave Fremlin Show is now available on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast iHeartRadio. If you like listening to the Dave Fremlin Show, don't forget to follow me and subscribe to my podcast and share me with a friend. Thank you and have a nice day. So I particularly like chocolate. And when chocolate is no longer easily available to get, then me having stored up chocolate is going to have been a commodity. You understand? If I have alcohol, food, ammunition, blankets, food, uh, clothing, the things that are important, 
that's what you, the things that you buy with your money, if you don't have money anymore and the financial system is completely obliterated, then being able to go to Walmart and buy your toothpaste is not going to make a damn bit of difference. Having the toothpaste is going to make a difference. And so all those times that we made fun or I made fun of my mom for storing up soap from hotels and airplanes and all the times I made fun of her for saving up toilet paper from hotels and airplanes, turns out she's probably right and I'm probably wrong. But in this podcast, I am giving you a dire warning. You had better look to Canada. You had better see what's happening up there. And remember, like digital things, things that can be turned off, like what is going to happen to these people? I, I, I hate to see what happens next because it's escalating bad. And our government is not that far away from being the same. The communists, you know, they infiltrated. It's very hard to wrap your brain around it, but they infiltrated and infiltrating doesn't mean like they knocked on the door and said, hi, I'm a communist. I'm here. Let me in. No, 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 no. They pretended they were something else. And if people are going to do that, how are you going to see? And I got to tell you something that re this reminds me of. Very long ago, I was probably 12, maybe 11. You see, I understand the sickness of these people because I was educated in what happened during the Holocaust. I didn't want to know. Somebody taught it to me and I resisted learning it, but apparently I learned it. And one day I said to my mom, we were having a political conversation about people get in office and then they act this way. I said, well, what the smart thing to do would be is to pretend from the beginning of your career that you are a certain way, get all the votes until you get into the position that you want and then do the thing you want to do with that position. I said, you need to pretend you're a sheep to hide in the sheep's. Uh, you need to dress up like I said, what needs to happen is a Democrat needs to dress up like a Republican and run as a Republican and then turn Democrat at the end. And she goes, well, yeah, something that people. Blah, 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 blah. But that's what actually happened. I mean, I saw that when I was like in 1970. OK, like I saw that when I was like 12. I was like, this is how people should, this is the way that psychopaths work. And don't ask me why I know how to think like a sociopath, but I do know how to think like a sociopath. I don't think I'm a sociopath. I know I'm probably not a sociopath, but I certainly know how, I'm fascinated by sociopaths actually, and as such, I have studied like sociopathic behavior sort of as like a fun hobby. And I have actually known, I actually attract sociopaths into my existence like as friends, like don't even ask. And somehow I'm able to understand sociopaths. I'm able to understand the way they think. And if for some reason it doesn't bother me. I mean, it, what it doesn't bother me because I know how they think and I'm able to sort of I wouldn't say manipulate <laughs> I would say survive around a sociopath but um, you really have it's very it's to your benefit to one's benefit I don't want to say your it's to one's benefit to understand how the sick people think 
because they believe their reality as much as we believe ours. And if those realities butt up against each other and they have an understanding of our reality, but we don't understand them, they have the advantage. And so I think it's better to understand more. It's better to understand more than less. <sighs> I think I've said enough. I'm probably going to put my foot in my mouth at this point. So today's day is a day of warning, a day of understanding that um, we are in a very, very serious, precarious situation right now in the world. It's becoming very, very visible to everybody. Um, and we, we need to be hyper aware right now. We need to be very vigilant of our surroundings. We need to also be cautious of how we're using our money, where our money is, who knows what we have, that type of thing. All right, on that happy note, I'm going to end this podcast. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bye-bye. The opinions expressed in the Dave Fremlin Show are strictly opinions. I am not an expert. The Dave Fremlin Show is written, directed, and produced by Dave Fremlin and is a Dave Fremlin production. Thank you for listening.